Welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Well, hello and welcome to the 16th episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today, I think that it's it's time we talked about something that will probably compel anyone who's been listening to our podcast to abandon us completely. Uh, all five of them. <laughs> this well, is where we step over the line, is it? That's right. <laughs> well, you know, Not I, that we haven't stepped over the line before. <laughs> well, as I always say, I never, I never cross the line. I just reposition it. Mm. Or widen it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so today then, I have a, a confession to make, my friend. And that confession is that you are a magician. I am a magician. I thought that was your gig. What do you mean by that? Exactly. You thought that was my gig. But this is the most interesting part of it. That people in our modern society have been slightly or not so slightly misinformed about what exactly magic is. The reason why I know that it is a concept that is very tightly connected to whatever it is that we've been talking about here on this podcast is because I got to explore or started to explore the realms of uh, shamanism and magic. And by magic, I don't mean pulling rabbits out of a hat, uh, but rather that ancient practices, the ancient practice of magic as in ceremony, ceremonial magic. The way that we get to accomplish things through the process of ritual. So, I knew when I started stepping into those realms immediately, instantly, because I did that being already a hypnotist, right? So I already knew what hypnosis was all about. And then stepping into those realms that I have been very interested in and very intrigued by since I was a kid. So, of course, knowing that whatever it is that's intriguing to us, whatever it is that is nagging 
uh, as a feeling inside, uh, we have to, that means that you have to, to follow that. That is your subconscious trying to entice you to engage in a topic, in, in a, some sort of a, a process, in, in a new path that you need to. Somehow your spirit will benefit out of it. So mm. instantly when I started exploring the realms of both shamanic rituals, shamanic ceremonies, shamanic practices and magical practices, and in many respects, both those two are the same thing. It occurred to me that magic is ultimately, in a few words, the process of manifesting a reality into your life through engaging, actively engaging with your subconscious mind. Okay. So, wow, imagine my surprise, right? Knowing that, well, magic is really a science. I mean, if hypnosis is a science, and I totally believe that it is, I mean, at least at this day and age, even though it's still not widely accepted by everyone. Mm -hmm. Of course, talk about limiting beliefs and talk about um, programs that we've all accepted that are running our lives. But anyway, the bottom line here is that you are a magician, my friend, which means that through the path of engaging with your subconscious in a certain fashion, you get to change your reality, you get to alter your reality. We've talked about that, right? People talk about, you know what it is that people, what gets to me is that if you, if I start talking about magic, people are like, oh, you know, how, how dare you? Or this is bullshit or this is whatever. But then they go and talk about the law of attraction. And then they talk mm. about, uh, uh, you know, um, affirmations and then they talk about uh, all these new agey terms that are nothing but magical practices mm. so it's like as if we have this capability to be creators because there's only one creator and magic is weird people in pointy hats so it kind of when you admit to being either of those, then it's almost blasphemous or ridiculous. Therefore, we'll just take the bits that aren't overtly uh, magic and we'll package them up a different way and we'll call it the law of attraction and we'll we'll deal with it that way. That's, That's right. Kind of yeah. And, and you know what? It is such a half-assed way. I think it's a cowardly way of dealing with, with life. I mean, you want to tell someone how to engage in their power, but then you're afraid that if you use certain terms, the marketing of that approach is going to be tainted because people are going to be scared and run away, right? Mm. And, and so you just choose a different terminology. Now, that's a very, I don't know, I think it's a very cowardly way of, of approaching this sort of thing. And, and so... I think there's also... Yeah. Well, I was going to say that I think there's also, um, the, it's not obvious. I mean, until we probably 
start our conversations, um, I didn't necessarily link the two. So, so the law of attraction was out here and affirmations and all that stuff there. And then I would never have thought of creator and magician and, and all of those kind of terms in the same breath as describing myself or your average person. So the average person doesn't know it. It's like they don't know what they don't know. And it's only when you start, as we have been doing, bringing the two together to demonstrate that we are actually creators. And, and we have already linked it to things like visualization, affirmations, manifesting your reality, um, thoughts become things, all that sort of stuff. So I think there's there's a large element of people who just don't know and who just don't bring it together. So, and maybe that's the fault of the people who, you know, who created the secret. They didn't want to say it. I suspect it was probably less to do with that and more to do with the fact that they didn't know either. They just thought affirmations, this is great, let's do it. And now we uh, we have something to uh, make a movie about, make lots of money on. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. You know what? That makes sense. What you're saying mm. makes sense. They, I don't know if they know, but mm. this, is, this is what I know. If they did know, I believe they still would have done the same thing. Okay. Yeah. It's marketing, <laughs> which, is, which is kind of hypocrisy as well in right. a lot of ways. Look, I'm glad that you just said that because marketing – when we when we use the the term marketing in, in this way, it's like saying human nature. Okay, so we have accepted, we are programmed to accept, to believe that human nature is bullshit. We've talked about that. Yeah. Right. So in a in a similar fashion, we accept that marketing is lying to people in order to persuade them to buy some shit they don't need. No. You see, it could be that, but that doesn't mean that uh, that's what it is. Ultimately, marketing is finding a way to present, adequately present a concept, an idea, or a product to the masses, to, to yeah. the population, right? And doing it depends, it, depends on, it depends on whether you have integrity or not as to whether the message you present is truthful or whether it's lies as we discussed in previous um, on a previous podcast and that's really down to the individual some will know but a lot of people won't know whether the uh, whether we're dealing with truth or lies yeah so it is disturbing to me that people continually look at this concept of marketing and uh, and and they're thinking well you know Marketing is, this is what most people think marketing is. Oh, marketing is lying to people. And this is why uh, even in the advertising world, so much goes so wrong. Because adver mm -hmm. advertising in of itself is not evil. No. You could be advertising a way for people to get liberated, to break their change, which is, by the way, what we're doing here. Yeah. So, but if you choose to advertise in a way that you will penetrate, find ways to penetrate the main consumer's subconscious mind and implant shit in there, 
in order for them to feel and think that they need to consume your product, then that's evil. Yeah. This is devious. This is, this is, and of course, that's why people, I mean, what is it that the cliches, the stereotypes, like uh, used car salesmen, hmm. right? People expect, pe people never think that they're going to deal with a used car salesman and they won't be screwed by this person. Hmm. They won't be screwed over because that's, that's the belief that has happened and now everyone believes that. But here's the question. Is every used car salesman a, a crook? No. Right. So I thought in our little way, we can shed some light on what it means to be a magician. Because guess what? The magic that you are creating is not going away just because you are not looking at it. Mm. Right? The magic that you are making is there. It's like, you know, someone giving a gun to a child without explaining to them how to use it. So is that better? Does it serve people to be in possession of a massively powerful weapon that they have no idea how to use properly? And mm. as a matter of fact, I don't even have any idea that they have it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's actually the... Um the biggest issue i think people don't know that they have the power and i think the as we've discussed before it was in the interests of authorities let's say to uh, ensure that anything that referred to uh, individuals having power to create and create magic was conveniently removed from scriptures and everything else it was always the guy at the top who had the power so it's no wonder that we don't believe that we have this. We don't even look to it. We don't expect that we have. So as you said, we don't know we have the gun. That's right. And yet what we're doing, as I've come to learn um, outside this, is that we're constantly creating the reality ourselves, whether we realize it or not, by our behavior, by our thoughts, by our focus. And... It's a bit like having one of those hoses that you turn on the water and it just sprays all over the place. There's no direction. and uh, But when you grab it and you hang on to it and you can direct it at what you need to uh, either water the plants or put out the fire, then you actually have quite a powerful tool to work with. It's a good analogy. Let's attack the limiting belief first. Why are people afraid of magic? Now, I will ask you, to represent these people <laughs> and please <laughs> attempt to explain to me why people are, because let's find out first why, and then let's attempt to debunk these theories. Mm. Well, my, my sense would be that um, magic has always been portrayed as been something that was either very frivolous so you had the guys pulling rabbits out of hats or you had the friendly wizard in Disney cartoons, sort of that side. Or you had an image of people who were evil and it was associated with the occult 
and devil worship and and all that sort of stuff and the, the what people wear and um you know the fact that there was ritual all that kind of stuff was sort of put in a box and it's called don't go there it's dark it's 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 uh, uh yeah you don't just don't open the box so i would say that's why people have um a built-in pre-programmed thought about about it without ever having explored it without ever having really looked into it um and certainly not in the context that they may have powers themselves that they're not aware of so it's something out there that's evil and like disney on the one hand has the very frivolous side but then it also projects and portrays the evil side of it and how magic is used in a very uh, evil way and then there's the other piece which is that i suppose that comes from religious teachings which is that you actually don't have any power and the only one who has power is god or someone at the top of the tree and the only way that you can create things is to pray to god and hope that it happens um so it's you don't have the power it's just you have to ask somebody else for it and maybe they'll give it to you so that would be i mean that's my upbringing and while i have i'm not afraid of magic it's just not something i ever looked at but they're the kind of images that i would have been exposed to and therefore it's no surprise that um without lifting the the covers on it a little bit you just make assumptions that either it's silly it's not relevant it's not real it's fantasy and therefore let's not go there that's really good that's very well done thank you my friend you know the way you're going you might even get uh like uh redrafted for next year you really? know might get re-signed re-signed have your contract your contract renewed <laughs> Well, I was taking notes here as you were saying, as you were providing me with this very eloquent description of why people are afraid of magic. So you mentioned the word ritual, which is interesting to me. What is ritual? Can we find the definition of what ritual is? Let's find the definition. A religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. Yeah. Now, that's perfect. I love it. What is religious? What is religious? We have talked about that. Religious is the process. A process is religious if it's repetitive, if it's not being questioned, and if it's obsessive. So a ritual is what it's like a program it's it's a belief we, you want me to mention a few rituals you probably i don't know about you but most people, you know like when you get up in the morning right yeah. what do most people do the first thing they do when they get up in the morning go into the bathroom well yes but that that's a force <laughs> that is a ritual yeah drink yeah. coffee yeah they do the vast majority of the people out there they have very strict daily rituals in our lives mm, yeah right so these rituals are what then 
religious. They are religious just because they don't they don't consciously pray to some god. That doesn't mean that these rituals are not rituals. They are performing a ritual ritual act. Yeah. Right. So, like, or you know, let's say you have dinner and people have dinner in in a very similar fashion every every night right it's like the, the way we do like a family dinner or whatever mm. uh, and a lot of us grew up with this kind of uh, rituals they they felt like rituals more perhaps than they do today because the concept of the cohesive nuclear family has disappeared or is very fast disappearing mm. But we do that, then we have that ritual that's called uh, having a dinner with the family, and then we have another ritual that's called watching a movie with the family, or watching TV, or watch mm -hmm. all this, or watching the news. Get a, you know, you wake up in the morning and you put on the news. How many people do that, right? I Absolutely. Know. I mean, today we had a when I was growing up, my dad used to on a Saturday night he would come in at a certain time and he, he would produce these bars of, of chocolate for each one of us. And we all had our own particular type. And this was done every Saturday um, at a particular time. Once we'd had our baths and all that sort of stuff and we're there watching TV, he would produce this. So that was a ritual. But I think that certainly in my mind, in the way that the English language can you can use the same word to describe different things the context of a ritual which is a regular practice versus a ritual which is a, a shamanic ritual or a religious ritual or something like that it's like we see them as two different things so i think that there's a separation even though the definition is the same we we see them in two different contexts so therefore they're not the same of course we do but are they all right, so when you go to a wedding, is that a ritual or is it not? Yeah, it's a ritual. Of course it is. When you go to a baptism, it's a ritual. Yes, of course it is. So then, but of course it's not. It's like, how dare you? A wedding is the most beautiful thing ever. But So what is the difference here? The difference is in people's minds, see? Mm. If, because, you know, it's being understood, I guess, that the magical ritual is a ritual that holds some kind of devious act, mm. right? Which, of course, is entirely unfounded. Other it's than in Disney cartoons, yes. where the ritual is somebody's about to get carved up or put in a pot of boiling water or before somebody <laughs> saves them. So, Right. And, and then, you know, let us not forget about the rituals that we're not even aware of. And what are those rituals? I'll give you one. Everyone can relate to that. Gossiping. Now, mm. when you gossip about someone, especially behind their backs, which I think... It wouldn't be proper gossiping if it wasn't behind their backs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is the definition of it. So what are you doing when you gossip? What do you do? You are spelling words that come out of your mouth and they hold a certain emotional significance mm. and that emotional significance 
when you gossip, as far as I'm concerned, is negative. Like mm. it's very rare that people gossip, you know, praising someone. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that, my friend, is a magical ritual as well. When you're having a graduation, like people, are, you know, kids are having graduation, and they wear their whatever their their hats and their robes or whatever they do here, and I guess throughout the world, I mean, there, there's all kinds of different ways that people have to perform these rituals. This is a magical mm -hmm. ritual. Why mm. is it a magical ritual? Because that kind of ceremony, and it is, what? A ceremony, isn't that what they call it? It's mm. a ceremony, yes. So in that ceremony, you are supposed to dress up and become, in your mind, that person that is now more enhanced than the person you were yesterday. Mm. So the wearing of the robe signifies your transition into another level, I suppose. That's right. So it is a magical ritual through and through. Okay, because and, and let us let us make a parenthesis here and go into uh, an antiquated let's say it's an antiquated way of looking at a magical ritual. You know, you you mentioned the pointy hats and the the robes and the so on. I mean, that's not necessary, but it is uh, still performed by certain magicians like that. Why? Mm. Because the theatricality of it does what, my friend. You know what it does. What does it do? It engages your subconscious mind. Yeah, yeah. The, that theatricality of it makes everything look like it's not, this isn't what was happening an hour ago. You are in a new world right now. You are, you are cooking a new reality. And what better way to convince your subconscious of that than changing, dressing it up differently, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you wouldn't go to your wedding, I hope, in your pajamas, right? Mm. Why, what's the difference? What, what's being wedded is not, you know, your body, it's not your clothes, yeah. right? It's your spirit, yes? Okay, so why wouldn't you go in ripped jeans or your pajamas or just, uh, you know, uh, your uh, whatever, gym clothes? Why wouldn't you mm. do that? Because you are signifying to your subconscious mind that once you step into that ritual, you're a different person. I think that's the intention behind the rituals. But I think what's evolved in terms of practice is that people do the dressing up and they go through the motions, but they don't actually have that sense of what the intention is. Yes, the intention is to get married, but all of the other stuff that goes with it, you know, the joining of two people or in the case of the graduation, someone moving from one state to an, a new, nobody pays any attention to it. It's just, you're literally just going through the motions. That's right. So you just came back to my original statement. That means you're performing magic being entirely consciously unaware. Mm. When, when you're going to the church and take communion, is that not a magical ritual? So look, I hope it is. Is it not a case that 
Well, it, it's the way that, that I tend to see it is that there's rituals. And now that you've, you've in, introduced the concept of magical rituals, to me, there's a difference. There's a ritual whereby someone is just going through the motions, you know, number of people who might turn up. I remember it. I mean, go back in the day when I would turn up and go to mass every week, I literally was going just, yeah, come on, what time? Like, who, who's the quickest priest here to get this over with so I can get out and back out again? And and been engaged in the, what was going on, not a slightly, not interested at all. And that's the case for a hell of a lot of people. And that's why in Ireland, I mean, there aren't even, like, there, there are, there's such a shortage of Irish priests. They're now bringing priests in from Africa. So they've completely reversed the thing where Irish people were going over to Africa to convert them. Now the Africans are coming over here and saying mass. But anyway, that, that's, but, but there's still this thing that you're going through this ritual, going through the motions of it, but the intention is not there. And to me, the magic only comes into it when the intention is there, when the connection with what is happening is there. Now, you may tell me you're wrong, but that, that's my sense of it. You're not wrong. You're right. You're right. But when it comes to this, what we're doing right now is defining whether or not we participate in rituals every day. Okay. Yeah. I am not commenting on whether or not these rituals are successful. Mm. But they are rituals. So, okay. Therefore, you yourself are telling me that the vast majority of the people, 99.9% .9 of them actually, are mm. constantly performing rituals that are either empty or are to the detriment. And I will. Yeah, and they're empty and, and they're habitual. I mean, the idea, for example, that someone at 10 o'clock, you see that with, with, you know, with people, you see a lot here um, and probably uh, in, in Greece as well, where there's a certain time when, you know, people will get up and they'll go to the local hostelry, the pub or whatever, you know, and they'll go and meet their friends at mm -hmm. 10 o'clock every Thursday night and they'll all be there. So uh, you have that going on as much as you have when they come out of the pub and the first thing they do after they've had a number of pints of beer is go straight to the chipper to get fish and chips to soak up the beer that they've just had. Again, another ritual. That's but it's right. kind of just habitual stuff that they, they do. And people smoking, the behaviors become habits. And that's what they do. Okay, so let me interrupt you there for a second. You mentioned smoking, and it's very interesting because there's smoking and there's smoking. And mm. you may be uh, already aware of the fact that the smoking that is a prayer when it comes to the Native American yeah. ways of doing it uh, has nothing to do with the smoking that is a an addiction. You see, when I smoke my pipe here, I only do that when we do our uh, podcast, by the way if you didn't know. The reason I do that is because this is linked to my uh, my prayers, if you will, my intention mm. being wafted into, into the ether is being received from the universe. This is the reason why uh, the Native Americans would do this as a prayer, because it makes perfect sense. I mean, with the visualization of the smoke wafting up into... Uh, right, the atmosphere 
And so it's being received. If you put your intention into the into the smoking and into the smoke, that intention okay. now is being carried over, right, into the universe. Okay. So talk about visualiz proper visualization and, uh, and execution. That is masterful. Now, this taken by the modern society and completely warped as everything else mm. has been. Including marketing. That's right. <laughs> now, now what happens? You see, when people smoke, even the act of, forget about what you're smoking, why you're smoking it, what it does to your health, forget about all that stuff. Let's just forget about all that. As if that wasn't even the, the case. But what when mm. do you see people when what what do people do usually on the smoke? And then we're talking about the smoker, the smoker that needs to take a break and go out of the building, right? The the place of work in the freezing cold outside or mm. smoldering hot heat. To, because they need to smoke that cigarette. Then what happens while they smoke that cigarette? Can you describe to me? Imagine. What happens while they smoke that cigarette? What goes through their mind? I don't know. A sense of relief? No. And satisfying a craving? No? No. They, this, is, this is just the, the aftermath. This is just the okay. bonus, if you will. <laughs> but what really happens is they are processing the problems. Okay. I mean, you've seen people smoke, uh, deliberately smoke when they're stressed out, right? When they are... Yeah. Right? What, why do they do it? I mean, forget about why they do it, but what happens while they're doing it? They smoke their troubles away. Okay. And in that kind of sense... Right, which the Native American sense, they are what now? They are throwing their troubles out into the universe, and their troubles become their prayer. Their troubles become their intention. You see, and so then the magicians that they are create shit magic in their lives because they do everything they can to reinforce everything that's negative. Mm. You also mentioned, my friend, as you were giving me your uh, explanation of why people are afraid of magic, uh, you mentioned the word occult. Now, what does that mean? Occult means hidden. Okay. Magical knowledge has been synonymous with occult knowledge, hidden knowledge. Why is that knowledge hidden? Might you want to guess? Because it's it it's it kind of recognizes the power that we we have as individuals, and that if people in recognize their individual power, then that's not good for the people who are trying to suppress it. Well, in essence, that knowledge had to be hidden because the magicians that didn't have a stick up their ass and burned to a crisp, realized that the only way to keep on this knowledge alive mm -hmm. 
is to hide it real well. Oh, okay. Okay, because clearly there have been certain factions in this world, religious ones, mm. that uh, did not have the magician's best interest in mind. Let's just put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is <clears throat> the reason why this knowledge has been hidden. Why else would it be hidden? I mean, but, but is it also because is it also because the the um, like there was there was active suppression? I mean, quite apart from the fact that you have the people, the magicians who are on the receiving end of this, I suppose, extermination or whatever. Um, they wanted to keep things quiet in order to keep things going and also to stay alive, presumably. But the objective of those that did it in the first place was if it was spread, then it would undermine the central control. What central control being what, in essence? Central like the, the, the kings or the you know, the governments, whatever. They didn't want people um going around saying we're all magicians and we all have powers to create. We that would create a situation That's where there would be Yes, stability. Um, who do you think uh, the religious organizations that banned magical practices or magical knowledge were working hand in hand with? No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, what we're getting at here is the fact that we have been kept away from who we are. We keep on harping on that almost generally speaking on every episode people have been not just ignorant but utterly convinced that they're powerless mm. it doesn't even cross their mind that they might have the power i mean it's not even a case of how could i it's it doesn't even cross their mind because everything is is the, the message from the very start is play the game and you'll be fine and through certainly from my growing up and experience in terms of being exposed to the religious thing is that if you want to do anything exceptional, you kind of have to go through this guy and you you have to direct your prayers there because he's the only guy who can make it happen. You can't actually do it yourself. Exactly. Now, I am not, as I've said all this, I'm not advocating, you know, that everyone go out there and grab a, uh, uh, you know, a, a magical uh, journal, a, gr mm. a grimoire, as they're called, and, and start, uh, you know, performing rituals. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do in, in the sense that you don't need that grimoire. Mm. Ultimately, your, you, you know what your magical journal is? You have one. Right, you write your stuff, your whatever, your even your affirmations every day, or or uh, your progression, or your intention, or all this stuff. <clears throat> putting it down, putting it down, specifically being put down handwritten. There's a special connection between the the handwriting and the nervous system, and of course the subconscious. Sure. And you are making a spell. Try that. Mm. Choose a certain word or a certain phrase and write it down. And say, oh, by the way, as I'm saying that, 
we have all been familiar being kids with the teacher at school that will have you do what if you make a mistake? Write outlines. Write write the, the phrase like a hundred times or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> what's what's that? That's a form of a magic spell. The teacher is drilling it into the kid's subconscious and everyone else who is witnessing, by the way, that, hey, if you want to make sure that you're good, make sure that you're accepted, make sure that, uh, you know, you're going to progress in life and not be a bum, this is what you do, right? Mm. So it's a spell. Yeah. A magic spell is a spell. It's simply... So every time, so every time we write something multiple times, that is in effect creating the same power of that you would in a spell. Absolutely, and the the more and you know we've said that before, right? You write down your affirmation, don't you? When you yeah. write down your affirmation, what is the optimal, the optimal uh, way? to write down an affirmation, your state of mind, okay, your emotional state. Mm. I mean, you're not gonna <laughs> write down your affirmation, uh, you know, in, in a bar, you know, mm. while drinking beer, <laughs> which by the way, parenthesis again, that ritual that you mentioned is extremely detrimental when it's a ritual. Not the going out with mm. the guys, but the ceremonial version of going out with the guys. Because when, when you do that, what do you do? You go there to do what? To That's drink right. and bitch about your life. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So what happens when you bitch about your life? You are with the guys. You feel that emotional bond. You feel that connection. And all of you Great together... Moment create more of that bullshit for which you're bitching. Mm. Now, what happens if one day you don't want to go? Uh, you know, I'm, I, no, guys, I, I, don't, I don't feel like drinking. I don't, oh, you know, F you, man. How, you know, you're breaking the, you know, this is our thing. You know, people get upset. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Why? Because that is a magical bond. That is a, a creation, a certain kind of entity now called a thought form. If you put emotional energy into your thoughts, once again, going back, there are a million different ways to cross-reference the same information here. Mm. Okay, Anything you think about that you keep on constantly putting emotional energy to is going to, is bound to be your reality sooner or later. Mm. And you know what they say, later is sooner than you think. So all this stuff is very relevant, okay? There are no ordinary moments. There's actually a book by Dan Millman titled that. It's a beautiful book. Dan Millman's the guy who wrote The Peaceful Warrior. Yeah, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, yeah, absolutely. So the idea here is that there are really no ordinary moments. Every moment in your life is magical. Why? Because 
within that every moment. If you are conscious, you put emotion into it, mm. right? Why is it that people, when they go, people wait for an entire year to go on vacation, right? And then they make plans and they elaborate plans. They see it in their minds and they, they collect pictures and they draw maps and they, you know, and that thing becomes the most amazing time they've ever had. What is that? What on earth, what in the hell is that other than a magical ritual? Hmm. You feed that. Imagine if you fed the same equal amount of emotion to your everyday life. So you don't have to say TGI fucking Fridays. Right? How many people live their lives like that? TGIF. I say, TGIF you. <laughs> what kind of way is that to live a life? Yeah. When you could indeed have... I mean, imagine if if, you, if, it's, if it's even possible to have that much fulfillment in your life that you get out of a two or one week vacation that you go once a, once a year to spending your heart and do uh, dollars or pounds or whatever it is, euros. <laughs> you know what I mean? With, with usually, you know, I'm not going to dismiss those vacations saying they're, they're bullshit. You know, the family time, whatever it is, fine. It's great. But... People build that up and completely mm. disregard building up their everyday lives. Mm. So it's like they, they they put all their eggs into the basket that is the two week vacation rather than looking to do it on a on a daily basis. That's right. Mm. That's right. So so and and it is it is some sort of a, a resignation from. Mm being alive from being an active magician to say oh you know changing my life is too hard mm. so i'll just you know go to the bar and forget about it for for a couple of hours but there's also the fact i think that the reason that people are kept or keep themselves in that place is because they don't realize that they have the power to change the, the perception of having the power to change it is more to do with, you know, I'm in this dead-end job. I, I need to change it. I, I, I can't because I'm never going to get that education in order to get to college, in order to get this, etc. And it's going to cost too much. And, and they put all these things there. So it's much easier to stay where I am. So it's all very mechanical, almost Newtonian in thinking that you have to have this step, 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 step kind of approach to it. Whereas with creating magic it's not that it's suddenly going to appear in a puff of smoke but that it's more the potential for opportunities to present themselves to get that education etc etc all have the possibility of um of showing up once you start to behave with intention the intention of making your life better but most people don't believe that they can do that and they don't believe, they think that it's, they need money or they need breaks or whatever. And therefore that keeps them down, which really is part of the conditioning. It's like, it's like believing that they have to go through a job and at the end of it, they get to 65 and then 
they're going to be paid a pension and then they'll be looked after. It's like they've behaved in this automaton kind of way. And yeah. that's that's the way people have been conditioned for a long, long time. That's right. Yes. But we're here to help them reprogram themselves, their lives. Look, what is – in one of the episodes, we talked about having a mission, right? So mm. – it all go, it all ties into that sort of thing, right? If you want your life to be a certain way, it doesn't even matter if you don't think you can be 100% successful. Mm. It doesn't matter if you can be 100% successful. What matters is die trying, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because what else is there, right? I mean, if you, look, if you were in, a, let's say someone abandoned you in a cage, or in a locked house and left you there, you would have two choices. One, to accept that you're just going to die. Mm. So you lay down and wait for starvation to get you or whatever, the rats or <laughs> the case. And the other one is to constantly keep on trying to find ways out. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's what's important to know I mean, in a situation like that, it becomes very life and death. So therefore, we tend to call on motivation, let's say, to to perhaps look for a way out. But I think what's being created, I think, by conditioning is it's almost like that. I know it's a it's it doesn't actually it's not actually real, but it's a good analogy. The one about the frog in the um, yes. In, Apparently that wouldn't happen, but assume it does. That the water slowly heats up, and then the, the because the frog doesn't jump out, then it will be it will be boiled or cooked, and um, and I think that's the way that most people are. They're not in that situation where they're in that locked room and they need to find a way to get out because there's this been um, it's almost like this comfort zone has been created and. They're just going to suffocate within the comfort zone. So it's finding the motivation or perhaps it's finding the knowledge that we're talking about now, which is that you can create something very different and so much better by using what we're talking about. And and it's never too late. You can do it at any stage. And it's not as complex or as uh, difficult as it might sound. And... Let me close this segment by reminding you, my friend, that as a hypnotherapist, I have performed a certain number of past life regressions. And uh, it's not a large number, but it's, I, it's, it was enough for me to get a very specific understanding of what it is that people come to as an understanding at the moment of their death, physical mm -hmm. death. And every single time, it's regret. I wish I could have done this. I wish I was more courageous. I wish I could have spoken mm -hmm. my mind. I wish I could have been an artist. I wish I could have continued dancing. I wish I could have written that book that I always wanted to write. I'm out of time. Mm -hmm. So I think this is an appropriate... Uh, <laughs> way to end this and it is this is the magic of this podcast see there's a there's some kind of a spirit 
that pulls us, stretches that timeline. It's like, oh, at minute 20, I'm like, oh, okay, we covered this, we're good. I encourage everyone out there to first understand and accept that they are magicians. Because if you don't mm. accept that, then there's nothing else to do. Mm. Absolutely. Which effectively means you can create a different reality for yourself if you decide that you want to create it. Absolutely. So it's all, see, you have the responsibility now. Again, this is why it's important to take responsibility for your life because otherwise you're a victim. The victim suffers something that's being done to them. Uh, having responsibility for your life means that now, whatever might have happened in the past, you now have the keys to the vehicle and you can drive it somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. A coach that I, I read a lot of, uh, Steve Chandler, he talks about it being a victim or an owner. So you own your life and you own the direction of it or you're a victim to it. That's right. And, uh, and the steps of we've, as we've talked before, I mean, we've talked about affirmations before, we've talked about visualization, we've talked about manifestation. I mean, it starts with making that decision that I'm going to change it. And then the next step is to start to connect your, your pen, your paper, your brain, your subconscious all together by actually starting to write it down. What do I want to create? Exactly. Absolutely, my friend. That's a brilliant way to close this so we'll hopefully uh see you all well we won't see you but uh, hopefully you'll see us um next week and until then let's be careful out there and don't let your mind kill you thanks for listening to your mind is trying to kill you with alexandros megas and vincent byrne if you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode then we would love if you would subscribe on apple podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on and you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.